Welcome to the pollsters. I'm Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with GBA Strategies. And I'm Kristen Soltis Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So, Kristen, I've been traveling, and guess what happened to me last week? Oh, no. Somebody woke me up while I was sleeping at the end of like my, I had been gone for days, and this was the like last flight. And I did my thing, which is I had. Folded over, and the flight attendant comes up to me and says, excuse me, I'm sorry, I, I wouldn't have woken you up, but somebody several rows back suggested that I wake you up because <laughs> because you hadn't moved <laughs> in a long time because I fell asleep before we took off, and lots had happened on the plane. Like, everybody was done, almost done with their dinner, and I had not moved them. That, was, that part was true, and I was like, I will cut that person. Like, where are they? I will cut them. Do they not listen to the pollsters? Do they not know? And, and I'm just so sorry. And then, there were, I, like, I knew a couple of the people flying a couple rows back and so when we all got off I'm like which one of you dudes <laughs> told the flight attendant because like, I'm going to cut I'm just going to cut all of you I'm like that's the only way I'm going to get out of this <laughs> and I'm like why would we do that we would just if we thought you were dead we would just tap you on the shoulder because we know you we wouldn't have the flight attendant wake you up I'm like right that's a good point so anyway I don't do that I, I'm getting on people. a plane tomorrow to fly to Los Angeles to go in real time Ooh. and it will be nice because it's like a five and a half hour flight. Yes. But the downside is like I will have to wake up at 6 a.m., which is going to be like 3 a.m. LA. Like I right. will have to sleep at some point between here and arriving in California. Yeah. And I like I'm not great at sleeping on – I can sometimes I am, sleep on planes. But I, I when I need it. to sleep on it, I'm bad. I'm really great on it. I took a red eye last night and I slept on the plane. I'm jealous. Um, I mean, you should not be jealous of my red eye because it wasn't even a red. It was like from Denver. I mean, it was bad. I don't even. know. Oh, short red eyes are because yeah, they're, was, they're fake news. It was. Um, it was. It's not pleasant. I just can. I can just sleep unless we, some schmuck wakes me up and then I will punch them. I in the posted face. in Echelon Slack asking for prayers. Uh, prayers up because I rode in a non-quiet car Uh-oh. on an Amtrak train yesterday. Oh my, Margie. That's how ha- I Margie. can't. That's the only way I can go is in the not. I cannot. No. How do you live like that? <laughs> like a noisy person. May I, I live like a noisy person. for you, the lady in the row behind me. That's probably me. Um, hello. Hi, I'm Margie. I've just styled in. No, can you hear me? That's you me. can't hear me. I have headphones on. I don't know how loud I am. <laughs> that's I me. I think we're about to go through a tunnel. And I was like, Oh my god, I'm going to murder someone before I get off this train. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's totally me. That is me everywhere. You have defeated the Bose headphones. The Bose has lost. That is me. That is me like <laughs> like in every place where I go. No, am I cutting out? I'm still here. Are you still there? I can still hear you guys. Oh my god. Okay, so everyone oh. turn to page 1. <laughs> guys, are you folks with me? I'm on page 2 now. Only 48 more pages to go. I am triggered. I'm triggered by this conversation. Okay. All right, so should we talk about what you're missing on Twitter instead? Would that be more soothing? What? Okay, what am I missing on okay, Twitter? Okay, do you know about Devin Nunes' cow? Do you know about this? Uh, yes. I, I am aware that this is a – he has Streisand affected <laughs> himself. Himself. <laughs> Seriously. He's now owned by – I think he's like technically owned by a, a Twitter cow. That <laughs> he is suing for what? Like 250 I, – I, I feel like we shouldn't even talk about this because I don't want to get sued next. But um, 
I don't know if I don't know if he he may have learned his lesson about not to mess with the cow, but he probably doesn't listen to the pollsters anyway. So that's one thing. Did you know about Sauce Girl? Did you? I don't know what a Sauce Girl is. <laughs> okay, so what is a Sauce Girl? So uh, there was a in like the wake. We should, we can talk. I mean, maybe, well, we're gonna do it. We're doing it now. Um, the there was a story about like um, not helicopter parents, but. Uh, bulldozer parents or snowplow parents who try to like smooth the world out for their children. And there was one, uh, there, there was a story of a girl who went to college and she'd never had sauce because her parents, she didn't like sauce and her parents protected her from ever having to have like, sauce on oh anything. By, like when they would go to a friend's house for dinner, she, they would call in advance and say, can you make sure there's no sauce? Because... May I stop you and ask a question? <laughs> and so <laughs> she went to college of... and was like, is sauce here? There's sauce here. Like, what do I do? Yes. Like any... Like there are, a, it's left to your imagination. Is an umbrella it's, term. <laughs> it's for, left to your imagination. Whether it goes it's from like ketchup to cranberry like sauce yeah. to hot sauce. Yeah. These are tzatziki sauce. Yeah, it could be any. I don't know. Maybe all of it. So Maybe like it's just marinara. Liquid I don't know. garnishes. Flavored liquid. You can make it as broad or narrow as oh, you wow. want. It's like a Rorschach test of of sauce. And so, like, like, if you throw sauce at the wall and imagine it, that's what this is. Um, so, anyway, sauce. I'm so sad for her. Yes, I know. Sauce She's is a wonderful thing. She's never had a chicken finger dipped in honey mustard. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, so, this is what you've been missing on Twitter. These are, wow. that's basically, those that's are the some, highlights, essentially. I mean, in the hard hitting content. <laughs> Aren't you glad? <laughs> Are you sad or glad to not be on Twitter? It's it's been so nice. It was kind of weird. So I, I I did some television punditing stuff earlier this week, and normally during the commercial break, my bad habit is I. F- flip my phone out of airplane mode yeah. and I see what people are tweeting about and I try not to take too personally the people that are like, you idiot Trump apologist or like right. whatever. Right. Like, who you knows? Not. Yes. Um, now, like during commercial breaks, I'm like, hey guys. Yeah, not looking at my phone. Nothing to look at. You feel like you're Check enjoying. Nope, yes. no new email. Right. Enjoying conversation. Looking at the lights uh, yeah. above the set. Like I'm... Um, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. What? What? Wow. <laughs> That's weird. incredible. I should try that. Weird. Yeah. No, I, I set a timer limit, but I ignore it every day. And But, like, what is sad is, you know, when you're traveling and you don't know what time it is, like, the uh, the time limit is is up at, like, 530 in the morning. I'm like, well, that's pretty pathetic. <laughs> like, like, it's still nighttime. But, like, my phone is like, you looked at too much Twitter today. <laughs> so, but I'm like, I have to I have to get Kristen up to speed. Okay. Well, so. Thank you for informing me about Sauce Girl. <laughs> the thing... The things I do for you. All right. What's happening this week? Uh, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about public's confidence in Mueller. The Mueller report could literally be coming out. Well, it's probably coming out as we're taping this episode because I mean, that's actually for real. It's probably going to come out while I'm on the plane tomorrow. Yeah. The Comey letter came out while I was on the plane to California to go on real time like two and a half years ago. Right. So, uh, are you on one of those planes that has real live news or are you one of those planes that gives you like a block no to hit yourself idea. in the head with and that, nothing else? <laughs> Probably the latter. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference though? Really? What's the difference? Okay. So we'll talk about confidence in Mueller. Uh, we'll talk about 2020 and the three Bs, Bernie, Beto, Biden. Uh, what's going on there? We'll talk about are independents real or are they a figment of our imagination? Have we just made them up? Are they 
uh, are they a myth, myth or legend? Then we'll talk about AOC and Amazon. Um, I'm just going to say the word AOC a few times to increase our search engine optimization. Yeah. So that the big datas feed this to all the crazy kids out there that love their AOC content. Right. Uh, and then college admissions. Cool. Which did we even talk about that last week? I don't think so. You wrote a piece though. Didn't I you? did write a piece. All right, we'll talk about that. I had I have feelings that I had to put into words. Uh, but first, let's start off. You did an interesting poll about yes. how you break down. Um, Republicans who do and don't watch Fox and the different views they hold. Yeah. So this is part of Navigator. And we had two things come out. Navigator. We had one on climate change, which folks should go take a look. NavigatorResearch.org. We have something come out every month. But then we did kind of like a special edition memo. um, And this is a joint effort, I should add, with Global Strategy Group as well as my firm. Um, and this is just about Fox News. So we it, we looked at people, we segmented people who were Republicans who watch Fox News, Republicans who do not watch Fox News, uh, non-Republicans who watch Fox News, they definitely exist, and then non-Republicans who don't watch Fox News, and they are almost half, that group. So the group that are Republican Fox News viewers, that's about 20%. It's not, you know... We talk a lot about sort of Republicans on Fox. It's it's 20 percent of the electorate. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not everybody, but it's not, you know, it's it's still a chunk. And I think what's interesting here is, one, looking at the relative size, but also um, how these groups differ. And Republican Fox News viewers are really kind of in a different bucket from even Republican non-Fox or non-Republican Fox, that if you are a Republican in Fox, you are kind of in your own, you know, space in terms of the kinds of issues, you know, the things you think about, you're following, your positions on issues like climate change, 12% of those Fox Republicans uh, believe climate change is um, mostly caused by humans, 62% of everybody else. Like that's a, you know, that's a really big difference. 77% of these Fox Republicans are concerned about Democrats becoming too socialist. 20% of everybody else is concerned about, I mean, like really, really divergent views. Um so there's a, a there was a, two things on this. One, speaking of real time, so the end of Mars show last week, he does a big rant about how the DNC is not doing a debate with Fox News. Right. Um, I mean, look, when when Republicans had CNBC host a debate, like, and it kind of went squirrely. Uh, everybody's like, this is why you shouldn't have the liberal mainstream media do a debate. And so Democrats are kind of saying the same thing about Fox. Oh, we, we don't want to have Fox do a debate. But Marr does this really good kind of monologue at the end of the show where he's like, go like if you want to be an in, like like the resistance fights across enemy lines. Right. Go be on Fox. Go take your message there. If you think you can't go toe to toe with Tucker, like what what's wrong? And, and look, I, I, that's I'm not even if you agree with Tucker, maybe you don't always want to go on his. You know, it's like there are different hosts handle things differently. But the idea that. I think there are different calculations for a debate versus a candidate for president versus like a pundit, like for sure. And Fox just signed. No, I have my girl Donna, Donna Brazil, (laughs) just moved over. It just depends on you know what you want out of your experience. Like, what's your goal? What what, what are you trying to do? I think it is good. I was glad that he noted. I mean, I don't think it's the case that like Democrats are not invited on Fox or people are not invited on Fox to present these points of view. I just think sometimes they 
don't necessarily want to do not want to go there. Um, and there's Jay Faison who runs ClearPath. I'm on their advisory board. It's a Republican clean energy organization. He's really focused on climate change. He wrote an op-ed at FoxNews.com earlier this week that was like, climate change is real. I don't like the Green New Deal, but climate change is real. And here's why conservatives need to do something mm-hmm. about it. And I'm like, I'm all for more people. Don't treat Fox as this thing that just like to shun, but like get in the conversation and try to move some of those red dots on this chart into turf that you, if you, do, if you don't like where the red dot is, try to move it. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted on it because, you know, it's 20% of the electorate. Like they should hear. Democrats and progressives talking about their message. On the other hand, you know, who, whoever the guest is is ultimately not controlling the programming. And the programming is different. Well, and it varies in a show way, to show in a big way. In a way that, you know, it, it you know, changes dramatically. I mean, I, I think – I don't know if there's a guest that can combat the fact that people are getting messaging about climate change not being real or about, you know, immigration or what have you. Um, you know, there was like an anniversary of Solyndra on Fox this week. I mean, <laughs> like it's like a compl- – it is a completely different issue scape that a guest can't change in a three-minute or a segment or even in a half an hour or hour debate. Um, but one fact that I thought was pretty interesting, especially for progressives and folks on the left who are trying to, you know, sort through views toward the Green New Deal, Fox News Republicans are twice as likely to say they've heard something about the Green New Deal as everybody else. Like, the Green New Deal has higher awareness among Fox Republicans. I 100 percent believe that. Than among any other kind of group. So that, to me, I think is like a real I would clear also example. believe that about AOC. I would 100% believe that about AOC. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I th- the use of the phrase issuescape, I think, is very – is appropriate because th- that is a big difference. Like if I go – so on Tuesday morning, I was on Morning Joe and then I walked three blocks over to Fox and I went on America's Newsroom and – like the hosts on America's newsroom are not taking sides or like expressing opinions, but the issues that we were talking about on their show were just different. Like on their show, they talked about, hey, Ted Koppel was on this panel talking about how the mainstream media is going after Trump. That came up on Fox. That did not come up on the Morning Joe panel. On the Morning Joe panel, they talked a lot about all of these things President Trump is saying about John McCain. The John McCain stuff did not come up in my segment. Right. On Fox News. So it's it's not as though even like the the hosts themselves are – it's just that the two networks the, – the, all of the networks choose different things to talk about. Even if the presentation of the story, like the hosts weren't saying, oh, here, we're taking Ted Koppel's side. It was just like, here's Ted Koppel and here's the thing he said. But it's not a story that was getting covered other yeah, places. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, like I hear that and then – you know, there's like the Seth Rich conspiracy. I mean, there are things that are just not true that are on Fox that are, you know, that don't get corrected. And so I think that thing causes a lot of consternation among folks on the left. Like, you know, what, like what's there to be gained from, you know, going on a network that comes up with stories or, you know, blows up stories that, you know, without kind of checking the facts and sort of has this kind of, you know, uh, swirling set of, it, you know, things found on the internet that all of a sudden are on Fox News. And so I think that's the thing that folks on the left worry about a little bit. That's not really quite the topic of 
this memo, but I think it is interesting to see kind of confirmed it went viral, this memo. It was probably one of the most viral navigator things we've done um, because it really put in stark relief the distance between the dots. Sometimes Pew does this and kind of shows it the same way, like here's where D's are, here's where R's are. I mean, the difference here between Fox Republicans and non-Fox, non-Republicans is pretty dramatic. And I think Patrick, your business partner, tweeted at the uh, at Nick um, from Global, who I worked with at this, like, well, is this a party ideology effect or is this a Fox, you know, is this Fox, et cetera, which I think is a valid point, which I think Nick was going to tweet out the answer. I mean, there, that is part of it. Is, it. is it Fox itself or is it the folks who watch Fox are going to be more conservative than the non-Fox Republicans? So. But it looks like there's a bit of an answer there in that uh, 76 percent of non-Fox Republicans identify as conservative and 83 percent of Fox Republicans. Yeah. Now, that term can mean a lot of different things yes. to a lot of different and people. And how the but, intensity, I mean, because if you have right. that level, then that's like, that's a aggregate. So there's some there's some piece of it, you know, of like who watches Fox, but it's, it's also what you're getting and what you're not getting. Having just been in some focus groups where you could see who is getting, who is just like, I've never heard this story and who's like, oh, I know a lot about this story. And the folks who haven't heard a story can tell you some another angle that you know is a fox angle like you can you can see it a lot of times in, in whatever the topic is just if you're separating your groups by party so also not the topic of this memo okay well so that's our poll of the week check it out it is bouncing around yep are you good with people maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers well then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career a Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees, and it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google/certificates. So President Trump's job approval is headed back downwards, uh, down to 42 percent approve, uh, 53 percent disapprove. Um, so he's no longer Mr. 44 percent. He's headed back downwards. Um, and there's some polling. We've got a couple different things in the mix. One, we've got some polling about Mueller we're going to talk about. Then there's this poll. I think, was this our friends at HuffPostYouGov yes. who did this? Yes. Uh, talk a little bit about this poll. So this, I think... Came from Ariel Edwards Levy, um, I believe, and uh, they did a poll. Um, just 19% of Americans say they believe that Donald Trump personally opposes white nationalism. 19% think he personally opposes. I mean, this is again this bucket of questions like that we have not seen asked so regularly about a president before. You know, we've been doing this for a while. Like this is, you know, we regularly see poll polling questions about like Trump's views on race that are kind of shocking that that they have so much news value that they get asked in multiple different ways by multiple different outlets over time. So this is just kind of the latest in that. 39% said he supports white nationalism while 20% said he doesn't have a strong opinion on the movement either way. Um, and the rest were not sure. Not surprisingly, there are some party differences there by folks who are Clinton voters um, uh, versus uh, versus Trump voters. Seventy nine percent of Clinton voters think he supports uh, white nationalism among Trump voters. Ten percent think that among Trump voters, 44 percent say he do he opposes white nationalism. Not, you know, not a large number. It's not it's not half, you know, fewer than half of Trump voters say he opposes white nationalism, which I think is. 
I mean, it's quite something. Um, and then, you know, they had another question. How serious of a threat do you think white nationalism poses to the United States? And you have about 50 percent say it's a very or somewhat serious threat. Um, a lot more among Clinton voters. You know, about a fifth of Trump voters feel that way. Um, about half or so uh, of non-voters or third-party voters feel that way. So, you know, there are party differences here, but it's, you know, it is on people's minds. The other thing that is on the minds of folks in Washington and those who uh, who have been following the story closely, I guess, is when will the Mueller report drop? Um, and according to some new polling from the Associated Press and NORC, about six in 10 Americans have at least some confidence in the impartiality of Special Counselor Bob Mueller's investigation. 62 percent have some level of confidence. Only 33 percent say that they are very confident. And you have 37 percent who say they were not very or not at all confident in the investigation's fairness, a majority of Republicans say they have little to no confidence uh, in the investigation. Um, I, I, f- I feel like these are like it's like a glass half full, glass half empty situation, depending on where you stand. I mean, I actually feel like the fact that only 33 percent of Americans say they're very confident that the investigation is uh, fair is 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 low. And if I was the president, I would be happy with that number. That only about a third of Americans say, yeah, I'm very confident Like that there's, yeah. that there's just enough. It's not that there's tons of people responding to this poll saying, I don't like Bob Mueller, but that there's kind of enough murkiness and cloudiness around it all. And this number yeah. isn't surprising when you think about the way the exit polls showed. I think it was a majority back then said that they disapproved of the job Mueller was doing. And we wondered, well, will that change as more indictments come out? Or maybe it's just because he's been quiet lately. Right. And, and also bear in mind that like, and Mueller himself is, is not, like in a bunker. Right. Like he hasn't been seen in public in yeah. 24 months. I, yeah, so. I think it's hard to take that out of the equation because you are getting your information. You know, Mueller is not out there talking about like, well, here's what we found today. Here's what we found today. Oh, I found another Bob thing Bob Mueller is not tweeting. He's not live <laughs> tweeting the investigation. And He's so you are either that. getting, you know, information from kind of people who are watching this and trying to read tea leaves or you are getting information from people who are opposed to the Mueller investigation and, you know, trying to come up with reasons why you should not feel confident in it. So it's hard to like it. You have to really focus on it to have a sense of what is happening simply because he is, you know, it's an investigation. So they're not constantly commenting on the investigation. But it's hard to really, you know, it's hard to really tease that out or separate that out from these numbers. Um, Another finding that sort of tells the same story um, is some new USA Today Suffolk polling shows um, that when you ask people, do you think that this is a witch hunt? 50% say they agree with Trump's assertion that the special counsel's investigation is a witch hunt or that he has been and that he has been subjected to more investigations than previous presidents because of politics. So it's a little bit double-barreled question. It's something you missed on Twitter is people discussing whether it was a double-barreled question. I mean, it was not. It was not. It didn't make as much waves as Sauce Girl, you know, but um, for reasons that are probably obvious, but there was conversation about it being a double-barreled question. So are people responding to the fact that they think he's subject to more investigations than previous presidents or – and whose politics – because of politics, like – Whose politics exactly? Um, you know, we think we know what that means, but it's not totally clear. Um, and, and the witch hunt obviously has its own connotation. 
So now let's move into 2020 polling. CNN has a big poll that came out earlier this week um, talking about uh, who's excited and who's not, who's energized to vote, um, and also asking who Democrats would be uh, interested in supporting. In this poll, um, you had Vice Pre- former Vice President Joe Biden coming in first at 28 percent, followed by Bernie Sanders at 20 percent. Um, then you have Kamala Harris at 12 percent, uh, Beto O'Rourke at 11 uh, and and then so on and so forth and lots of names to test because lots of folks have kind of jumped in. The other big thing that CNN's poll found is they asked a question, and I don't think we have it here in this little screen grab we're looking at, but where they asked, how enthusiastic will you be to vote in 2020? Oh, Republicans were more enthusiastic. Republicans are more enthusiastic. Now, you can explain yeah. that as Republicans know who they're voting for and Democrats don't yet know who their nominee is. So it it is somewhat more understandable that they might say, and so it is somewhat more understandable that they might say, well, I don't know how excited I am yet because I don't know who our candidate is. But if you're the president, that's that's a good place to be. You'd rather your side be saying I'm more excited. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think that's probably good news for Republicans to have that. I mean, I think in 18, we typically saw Democrats more enthusiastic than Republicans in lots of the public polling. Um, and But there were times when Republicans caught up. There was, I think, a poll like a few weeks out where Republicans had caught up in enthusiasm and everyone went crazy like, <gasps> it's all changing, you know, it's all going to change. And so, you know, I, these things I think will fluctuate, but I, I, I could see, you know, I think that's worthwhile to... You know, to think about and capture and track, Um, you know, I think that's it's as subject to change this far out as looking at these, you know, 15 person or so presidential primary poll questions, too. Like they are just it's just too early to really get a sense of what these polls mean, despite everybody wanting to look at them. Yep. Uh, So it remains we, we will continue to add the caveat that. Uh, President Scott Walker would like you to not pay too much attention to the <laughs> polls at this stage of the game. Um, but they, right. they are still at least somewhat instructive about how things are shaping up. And President you know, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> President Rudy Giuliani has some thoughts. Um, I, there's a question in here that Morning Consult asked that I thought was interesting, yes. asking people to rate the various contenders on the Democratic side on a scale of one to ten. Ooh, it's not zero to ten. It's not one to nine. It's one to ten. Uh-oh. What's the midpoint? Uh, I'm going to say five, but it's not. <laughs> and if I'm a respondent, anyway, so yeah. Uh, so zero to ten. Zero to ten. Or this is one to ten. Yes, but it should scale? be zero. It should to be to zero to ten. Um, one meaning political outsider, ten meaning political outsider. Uh, Joe Biden is the most insidery at two point eight, followed by Bernie Sanders. He's huh. the insider this time. Oh, that's so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Kermit sipping tea. Dot <laughs> Sorry, I don't get it. Oh wow. If I know him, then he's an insider, I guess. Like, I don't I don't know. Like, this, I mean, this is, look, th- this is interesting. But what are people thinking about when they use these ratings, you know? I, a lot of this looks like name ID. Yeah. Although I am trying to make out who the faces are on, over at 5.5. I definitely see a little Mayor Pete face. I see Mayor Pete face. I see, is that... It, uh, people in Echelon Slack were talking about like the the Yang Gang. 
Yes, and um, is that a, that's a thing or no? That was my buddy Matt texting me about that. I won't I won't besmirch the good name. Uh, who's of the, who's <laughs> on the guy? It's now blurry. As I tried, Steve Bullock is the guy above Pete Buttigieg. I can't tell because it's blurry. The guy next to Pete Buttigieg. Um, is that, is that Yang? I that's guess so. that's what I was thinking. And it is that I can't tell. It's blurry. Five point three looks like Inslee. Howard Dean, but isn't Inslee. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to Google what he looks like. <laughs> yes. And then oh, 5.1 is Delaney, and underneath him is Hickenlooper. Well, uh, Mayor Pete's got that outsider magic, as do these other faces. So I can't, I honestly have no idea, cannot recognize who some of these people are. Well, that means that they're really outsiders. That's probably a good thing if you are uh, a Democrat. Um, and then last but not least, Emerson had some general election matchups. Uh, I think in the past when we've looked at these, there was- Wait, I want to talk though, before we do that, above this in our oh, script. Oh, what a Democrat wants? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about these questions. I mean, they're interesting. I know, right? Um, but the winner is, has decades of political experience, which I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, um, that is that beats a political outsider. Political insider beats a political outsider. To, this you know, is 100 percent Trump backlash. Is it not? Like, isn't that people going like, no, wow, we like the system. Hey, we don't want to burn it in the we, ground. We got a president who was a political outsider we without like government of political experience. And that that's not I'm I, that to me reads as a total like it's everything that Democrats want is just the opposite of what Trump is. Like, give me a young liberal insider. Because Trump, <laughs> that's what this polls is. Yeah, but, that's but the, uh, under the age of fifty is low. Under the age of well, seventy, not that young. right? So young they're like for politics. So under the age of seventy, yes. Under the age of fifty, less so. Political insider beats political outsider. Liberal and moderate get basically the same rating. So there are people who say they that they like both. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I found it interesting. Uh, I did as well. I, I mean, that my interpretation was that people just want like, what's the opposite of Trump? Yeah. That's what maybe. I would like. Um, for so Emerson also did some matchups. Yeah. Um, general election matchups. Who would you vote for Trump or and then various Democratic candidates? Strongest performer in this one is Trump versus Biden. Could be name ID effect. Could be that Biden just actually does draw more people away from Trump. Um, that is the candidate who does the best against Trump. Um, the candidate who does the worst against Trump is Beto O'Rourke. Fifty-one percent said that they would pick Donald Trump over Beto O'Rourke. Only forty-nine percent are feeling that Beto Beto momentum. Um, he just obviously has not jumped on enough bars yet. Things that I can say because I'm the Republican on the show. <laughs> they, I can uh, snark all day long. That is not in this list of what a Democrat wants. Yes. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups, it would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. 
What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Last but not least, just a quick check-in on what do the kids these days want out of their Democratic nominee. Uh, and there is not a big Beto bounce among young people. Um, in this poll, which was um, a gen-forward survey, uh, young African-American Democrats really love Joe Biden. 32% pick him, only 18% pick Bernie Sanders, 11% Kamala Harris. Um, among young Asian-Americans, uh Joe Biden is also still top. Um, young Latinos is Bernie Sanders at 32 percent, followed by Joe Biden at 25 percent. Although these are, you know, that's actually not a very small sample size, too. That's like 300 and some interviews. Hmm. Um, and then Bernie and Joe are neck and neck among uh, white millennials. So overall, Biden and Sanders, top two on that list, followed by Kamala Harris. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, despite the conventional wisdom that the kids all love him. You know, 7%, a respectable tied for fourth place in this poll. This is a hard ID thing as well um, because this is the vote doesn't show favorability or hard ID, so it's hard to know. I remember in the run-up to the 08 primary, there was public polling among African-Americans. It showed, you know, it, they look, I don't remember if it was the vote or if they just looked at favorable only but not favorable plus unfavorable and compared – uh, Obama to Clinton and said, well, you know, Clinton's doing better with African-Americans is because there's some objection that African-Americans have to Obama. I'm like, well, if you look at the hard ideas, hard ideas much lower. This is, you know, this is the story. This is what's yep. happening here. Um, but, you know, I guess coverage of polling was, I don't know, didn't dig as deep. But um, but it's just important to keep that in mind, to not look at this and say, aha, this means that so-and-so is doing an X or Y job at reaching out to this group. Does not There's not it. been a lot of reaching out going on yet anyways. We're, it's way too They're early. all working very hard, Kristen. I didn't mean there's no outreach. I just mean it's <laughs> yes, like we, it's just, we, just, we just started. We got a long way to go, guys. Yes. Plenty of reaching will be, will be done. Yes. Uh, let's talk about independence. Yes. Are they real or are they fake? So they're real. But they contain multitudes. There are a variety of different kinds of independence. And this is something that Pew likes to gently remind us or maybe very strongly remind us <laughs> frequently, which is there are lots of independents. There are Democratic-leaning independents. There are Republican-leaning independents. And there are independent independents who are really in the middle. And depending on how – and I'm assuming you do this. We do this. Like are you looking at party ID? Does it include leaners or does it not include leaners? And that leaners group are people who are independents but lean toward each party because they really behave more like the party that they lean toward than just some kind of giant group of independents. Um, even if people kind of like to think of themselves sometimes as independent as like a label that sounds they you know, think for themselves, ultimately the percent that are really truly don't lean is small, is in the single digits and continues to be. And those who don't have a lean at all, according to this Pew data, also tend to be um, less likely to say that they vote. Um, only 33 percent of those who say that they are independent and have no lean uh, said that they voted. Now, of course, this is all self-report. So like some of these numbers are going to be a little inflated. And it may just be that uh, the other people inflate their voting numbers more. But the more par mm. like the partisans, you had about six in 10 say they voted. Among the independents, if you leaned Republican, 54 percent said they voted. If you lean Democratic, 48 percent said they voted. But if you truly said, nope, I have no leaning at all, 
only 33%. Yeah. That's um, not a surprise. I mean, independence for, you know, for many independents, it means like you were ch- you were checked out of this political thing. You are, you know, the, for the pure independents, there's a group of them that's just like, this is not really my thing. So I'm less likely to vote. I'm less likely to follow the news. Um, you know, it's not just that I prefer to be in the middle. It's also about, you know, just like not really wanting to be engaged in it. Uh, what they also find is that on certain ideological questions, the the political independence when you actually break them into the lean Republicans, lean Democrats, et cetera, like how do they shake out? Um, interestingly, on the question of which would you rather have a smaller government that provides fewer services or a bigger government that provides more services? People overall are split right down the middle, 46, 46. Uh, three quarters of Republicans want smaller government. About three quarters of Democrats want the bigger government with more services. And overall, it just looks like, well, independents are going to independent, right? They they split 47-44. But when you actually look at the leans, people who are lean Republican independents are even more likely to want small government than Republicans themselves. I mean, 78 percent of the lean Republican independents take that position. Um, and with Democrats, the lean Democrat independents are two-thirds of them say no bigger government with more services. So truly, when you look at where they lean – their actual political views do line up with the party. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, they're they're not just like soft Republicans. They're like Republicans who just haven't admitted it to themselves. Right. Or Democrats who haven't admitted it to themselves yet. Right, right. I, you know, I would say that's separately. This metric, this question, or this like fundamental. Oh, I have thoughts about this question. I have question, thoughts about this that's... question. No, we can talk about I mean, look, it, it is an important thing to capture. It is obviously one of the major axes that at least at one point in time divided the pot parties, right? Do you feel like government should do more stuff or should government do fewer things, right? Um, I don't know if this question fully gets at it from our side because like, you know, it, this is not – Democrats don't say, like, I want a big government with services. Like, there's just something about that language that, you know, the Repu- Republicans might say, I want a smaller government that doesn't provide so many services. Like, that is not out of the realm of, like, how a Republican might phrase it or how someone on the right might phrase it. But that's not – this is not really how someone on the left would phrase, like, big government and services. So, like, there's another version of this question that some folks – I think POS has – and well, the Wall Street Journal – NBC Wall Street Journal poll has something like this, and and I've tested it, and I know other folks use something similar, like, should government, like, do more things to help people, or, you know, it's, government should get out of the way and, like, let people help, you know, business, and let businesses and people do more things for themselves, Some, something like that, like, that kind and of explains a little bit more, too, a lot. like, what we're talking yeah. about, so we're not just talking about, like, money and services and this kind of, like, removed from what the actual thing is that we're talking about, like, the value behind it. So that's my quibble. What's your thought on that well, question? So agreed, although I think that the providing more or providing fewer services piece is what hangs me up because ah. it sounds like like the one side is giving you stuff and the other side is taking stuff away. Mm. Like So I, I think there's another, oh. there's like the conservative <laughs> way to say. <laughs> the flight attendant is coming from the back. There are two women back there who will <laughs> say that question needs to be thrown off the plane. <laughs> For so many different reasons. But then there's also, the one that I have the bigger problem with is the, the other question they feature here, which is, is government regulation necessary to protect the public interest or is government regulation of business doing more harm than good? And I feel like the position that like government shouldn't be regulating business is like a pretty out there. Like the idea of like, 
we need to protect the public yeah. interest is like this positive right. thing. And or should we just let like businesses have a lawless free for all? Yeah, like yes, forty three percent say yes. Own damn planes, <laughs> like oh, I don't think that's really. So yeah. that was another one where I was like, I'm actually frankly stunned that forty three percent of people <laughs> like yep. chose like nope. Government taste regulation your own is food, bad. People <laughs> like whoa. <laughs> if you okay. really want it, if you really care about your kids, you'll taste your own oh, food. Oh boy. Yeah. So anyhow, um, I, I, this this was just I thought a very interesting. Yeah. look at things and and truly I mean there are a lot of people that call themselves independents but they actually lean one way and they they may like just not love both parties but deep in their hearts they're Democrats and Republicans they just yeah they just don't like the label which is fine uh and demographically compared to partisans independents are more likely to be younger and male huh Surprise, surprise. <laughs> they do their own thing. Uh, let's talk really quick about what's going on in New York. Yeah. Um, this is a Siena poll of New Yorkers asking about the Amazon uh, decision to cancel its planned second headquarters in Queens. This was something that was very publicly opposed by uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, by a 67 to 21 percent margin, New Yorkers think that the decision – by Amazon to pull out was a bad one um, by almost as large a margin, 61 to 30. They said they would support a deal in which Amazon would receive up to $3 billion in state and city incentives to create the 25,000 jobs if Amazon would reconsider and come back to them. Um, so in this poll, they also asked, who would you consider to be the the villains and the heroes in I'm, this whole saga? I'm Is looking, that actually I'm how that they worded I'm looking it? that up because I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> That's a that would be that a would very, be very unorthodox question hold wording. On. I feel like it's in here, but Fa- oh, there's I see favorability ratings. No, no, look. They really did ask it that way. Oh, my god! Yes, I know. Because I, I saw that. And as you were talking, I'm like, I am going to make sure that we're just not conflating. Un- somewhat unfavorable with villain seems a little something. Um, but no, they did, they did ask it. Wow. Do you think – okay. As you think about Amazon canceling its plans to build a second headquarters in New York for each of the following, tell me you think they were a hero, a villain, or just a role player. Or just a role player. I don't even know what that means exactly. Do I need to be like a like a gamer? I don't get it. All right. So 20% – all right. So Amazon, 39% say just a role player. 20% say hero, villain, 26. Role player, 39. Cuomo. I mean, plurality say all these people are role players, whoever it is. There's nobody that, that – somebody where – okay, AOC – 38, that's the one where, and local activists in Queens, those are the ones who are more people more likely to say villain than role player, but for everybody else, they tested like the governor. I am fascinated by this decision to use this question word. I mean, I feel... I don't love it. I I don't don't love it. I don't don't think... I think it's a little strong, even for New York. And this is statewide, by the way. Um, And... They did ask a more conventional fave unfave and find Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's fave unfave in New York State is not good. That it is 31 percent fave, 44 percent unfave, 26 percent don't know or refused, which – 
puts her in negative territory along with Bill de Blasio and Donald Trump. Right. I mean, the reason that's her, not her congressional district. Right. Though, it's a whole state. It's a whole state and in a general election, general electorate, basically, in of the whole state, which is obviously different than her district. Now, I should add that her her villain ratings are everybody else is sort of, you know, people seem to be assessing them. You know, with a partisan lens, of course, but it's not as lopsided by party. They're like, I don't know how am I answering these questions. Are they villain or role player? But for AOC, Republicans are like, I know how I'm supposed to answer this because, you know. Maybe they've seen a story about her on Fox, Fox News. Exactly. That circling, coming back. <laughs> yes. Full circle on this episode. Yes. Uh, exactly. All right. Let's let's wrap this up with college admissions, yes. which I don't think we talked about on the show no, last week. No, but you wrote about and you have feelings. I did. I, I basically, I was I had filed a column. I had filed, filed a column about Republicans and climate change, which you can read next Tuesday when it finally runs. But then like this story broke and I just was like, I have feelings. I had just come back from happy hour. Yes. The perfect time to That's write a, a column time. about yes. your feelings. Yes. Sort of like uh, at, at a f- French cafe. Yeah. It's kind uh, of like that. <laughs> glass of wine. <laughs> like an absinthe. Put on some so. Dave Matthews band. Sure. Really yeah, re-inhabited like my yep. old 17-year-old <laughs> self uh, and wrote a column about it, it. I did not want to write a like, don't worry, kids. It doesn't matter where you go to college. It'll be fine. But was trying to sort of tell the story of like, if you get rejected from your dream school, like you, life is not over. Right. Um, and I wrote about how I had been waitlisted at Georgetown and that that made me a very, very, very sad teenage girl mm-hmm. uh, and who was v- very lucky to have been in a position where like this was a very sad – like. In the grand scheme of things, so many people have so many worse things happen to them that, like, I was able to treat this like such a tragedy was a huge privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, but so just sort of wrote a column about that in light of the whole Aunt Becky Gate, Operation yeah. Varsity Blues nonsense. Um, but it turns out that, like, a lot of people really do think that the whole process is kind of garbagey. Uh, 67% of respondents to the Suffolk University USA Today poll said that the higher education admissions process is unfairly tilted toward the wealthy and well-connected. Yeah, Fewer than 20% think that the process is generally fair. Um, you know, I, I think about this a lot. It's not just about college admissions because obviously, you know, that's been, this has been a big discussion well before this incident. And there was a good piece, I think it was in The Atlantic right now, or maybe it's just come up again, um, talking about how some schools treat folks, students who are there as part of, um, you know, if they get assistance to go there, they're like treated in a way by the school's setup that makes, you know, highlights the fact that they come from a different background in a way that it makes it harder for them to kind of feel embraced by the mm-hmm. school in like cultural ways that was just really uh, illuminating. But but also in just like any any kind of like the, the cost and time attached to getting any kind of a help or support or assistance like really overwhelms how much easier it is for folks who have resources to make things just go faster and smoother. You know, someone I went to high school with, I have not read her book, but I, this is what I, I understand her book to be about. And I think she's coming to town to present her. I know there's some like way she's intersecting with us, but um, she wrote a book about time and the cost of time, that there's like a burden of time that kind of adds to the, 
you know, folks who are poor. And like college admissions is one of those things like learning, you know, having to prepare for tests yourself, having to do these things without parents kind of making it easier for you is a cost. Bulldozing the sauce out of the way. Bulldozing the sauce out of the way. So, I, you know, I think about this a lot when I, you know have to like help my dad through like healthcare hurdles and you think about like folks who have you know for whom it would be a lot more challenging or maybe yeah. or not is like it's not as clear how what forms or you know if English is not your first language so I mean it's just it's such a it is it's hard for I think this story reminds people how difficult it can be for folks who are yeah. not don't have people kind of lifting them through the process even if it's not in the form of a bribe so what did we learn this week well what is on the trend line, first oh, of all. So this week, I've got a couple good interviews. I'm going to be talking to Abby Livingston of the ah. Texas Tribune. She's going to give us the Texas view of Betomania. And uh, yes, what... and she wrote the lady consultant piece in Politico months ago. Yep, I, so I asked her about that, too. Actually, when she called into the show for us to chat, I was like, I interviewed you about this on the pollsters, right? Like, I'm not... I'm not like repeating myself. He- yeah. She's like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. Um, so going to be talking to her about that. And also Anthony Wells from YouGov UK. Somebody um, we're gonna, I, asking him just like, what what on earth is going down with Brexit? Please cool. explain things. Cool. Uh, and then I have about like a 10-minute monologue on what you need to know about New Zealand and why it is culturally and governmentally so different that you can have Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern go, you know what? We're going to take back all the guns. And like 10 days later, it happens. Like, what is it that makes New Zealand different so that that can happen there and it doesn't or Is it that New Zealand then? is different? Or is it that America is different that we're like, no, can't do it. Well, there's but a lot. 90% you should of Americans support it, but we still, that's not enough. <laughs> I tell the story of, of, of uh, my tubing bus driver, Emma, who the, the, I think I told you this story that I may have even told it on this podcast. We're like, we're about to go tubing through this cave mm. in like the middle of New Zealand with the glow worms on the ceiling. Cool. And it was freezing cold, flooded. I, the whole time I was convinced I was going to die and I didn't even find out until the end that there were eels in the water also. <gasps> yeah. I feel, like I, would, I feel like I would have remembered oh, this. Oh, yeah. Well, so as we were about to go into this cave, the bus driver lady notices that I've got my wedding ring still on. She's like, you definitely should not wear that into that cave. And I'm like, what? Okay. And I'm like, but the locker is back at the base camp, which right. is a 15-minute bus ride away. So, And there's no pocket on this like wetsuit. Like, right. what do you want me to do? She was like, oh, just give me a ring. I'll put it in your locker. And like, I feel like in the U.S., mm. there's 18 million reasons why that exchange would never happen. Like, the bus driver may not notice. or certainly wouldn't offer to take your valuables and be responsible and you for would them. Say, and you would say, hell no, no yeah. I'm not going to do that. But for some reason, I had been in New Zealand for like six days already. And I was like, everybody here is so crazy nice and levels of social trauma trust her so high, take it. And so I gave her my wedding and engagement ring. And sure enough, they wound and up- you were still married They today. wound up in the pocket of this jacket <laughs> with a note from her that was like- All right, let's I see. Love your Are husband's- they still there? Yep. I All right. My hus- your hus- I love your husband's taste. Hope you had fun. Heart, Emma. And I was like, this <laughs> country is amazing. <laughs> so it's like there's a level of social trust, which then- in the I don't U.S., know. people want guns to defend themselves. In New Zealand, people don't feel like they need to defend themselves against random yeah. guns. Like, there are just That's cultural, true. very different things about all of this. And so I go into – I tell the Emma bus ring story and other various tales to explain, like, to an American audience. Like, when you're looking and going, how is New Zealand able to do this? Like, these, this is the way New Zealand works that makes that possible. Hmm. So tune we into the trend line. We should still have stronger gun laws. But yes, we'll hit listen. Just tune into the trend line. 
I like Emma. I also want stronger gun laws. <laughs> okay. And then college. Oh, it's for basketball, folks, not bribes. Okay. I, I don't know if your office was watching March Madness before you came over here, but. Uh, if was. they were, they were hiding it super well. Oh, no. Which is entirely they possible. Were not, they were not hiding it very well. <laughs> um, and then. Do not wake me up before you go, go, people. I will cut you. <laughs> I cannot. It cannot happen. Excellent worm reference. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at the Pollsters, individually at, at Margie O'Meara and at Casolta Sanderson, although I will not tweet back at you until after Easter and also probably not even then. Yeah. I, don't, I don't miss you that much. I'm just going to. I love you. I'm going to do a Twitter takeover of Case Holtis Anderson and just run it right into the ground. <laughs> at Case Holtis Anderson's cow. <laughs> Come on, Emmy. Sue me. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. I'm like, wait, what am I waiting for? Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>